Hello, my friends. It's Carrie here. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, full disclosure for this episode, I get a little spicy in this one. I swear a little bit more than normal. And this is because I am, frankly, pissed off, frustrated, and had enough about the restrictions that are being placed on IVF and reproductive health. If you're with me on this and wondering what you can do, then please listen. We talk about this, exactly this topic. So today I have the lovely Lauren Hart Clancy on the podcast to help us navigate our emotions of crazy things that are going on right now in politics regarding um, reproductive health and IVF. She is a public health professional and really passionate about education, public health education and advocacy. She holds a master's of public health from Northeastern University and has spent her career in the hospital and healthcare industry. Infertility and eventual motherhood emboldened her stance as a fierce advocate for women's rights and women's healthcare. She is the founder of The Village Advocate, which provides education, advocacy, and support for maternal and child health and fertility and family building from a public health perspective. Lauren is also a co-leader of the Boston chapter of Chamber of Mothers, a nonprofit uniting mothers as advocates to create a better America. She is also a peer support group leader for Resolve New England, co-leading the Expecting After and Parenting After Infertility and or Loss groups. So thanks for listening, everybody. Please don't forget to appease the algorithm gods, show your support and follow uh, or drop some likes, something just to give them a little taste (laughs) so that the podcast can be seen by more people. It's the best way that you can show your support for what's happening here at Fringe Fertility. So let's dig in. This is Fringe Fertility, a podcast where we embrace and talk about all the weird and wild parts of the fertility world. I'm Carrie Hines, your host and fellow IVF warrior. My journey through fertility treatment led me to open a virtual yoga studio, Fertile Body Yoga, dedicated to those on their fertility journey who are looking for more. More mental, emotional support, more physical nourishment, and more soulful conversations. In this podcast, I will dive into the holistic, energetic, and alternative paths to increased fertility. I'll have guests with relatable stories. There will be tears, there will be laughs, and there will be honest and open conversations about fertility. Let's uncover and explore the new, old, and fringe fertility practices together. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. I have a guest with me today, Lauren Hart Clancy, and she is a alumna student of mine now because she no longer needs my services um, in the fertility yoga realm. And she does a lot of advocacy work. She runs group support online for Resolve New England. She has a background in public health and working in hospitals and so on. And I'm just really excited to have her here today because we're going to talk kind of about public health and advocacy as well as her journey and how she does what she do, what she does, what she does. Um, So thanks, Lauren, so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Welcome, welcome. So why don't you tell our listeners what you do in your own words and 
we can also get into why you do what you do, which is a huge topic, I know, but I'll try and keep you on track if need be. <laughs> Great. Yeah. So recently, I say recently, but I guess it's been sort of a journey since I became a mom after infertility and during, you know, the early years of the COVID pandemic there's sort of a reckoning that happened. I think we probably can all relate to, but me, it was just realizing I needed to reconnect with my values and what I was so passionate about professionally with public health was always maternal child health. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get back to a place where I was supporting health outcomes for mothers and families, but also through the lens of going through infertility myself on the journey to motherhood that had to be included. And, you know, what really fires me up the most is empowering, Mm -hmm. you know, individuals through education and through advocacy to reach their health potentials and support them with systems that they need to thrive. And that's, you know, what I found to be beneficial for myself as well, is when we think about public health, I think about preventing disease and promoting health, but also community care. Mm-hmm. And that lens has been so important to me in finding community in motherhood and in my fertility journey. So what I'm trying to do with the village advocate is create a space where I can provide education and get involved in advocacy and help others do the same. Right. So you have the it's called the village advocate, right? It's a, <laughs> what, what is that? Tell us, I mean, you just told us what it's kind of for, but what is it exactly? So I, mean, I think of myself as the village advocate as sort of like a persona or a brand. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I'm, I'm advocating for the village that we're all looking for. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, what public health is all about is is community care and the village existing to support individuals collectively. And so that's what I want to be promoting is getting away from this toxic individualism that's not serving anyone. <laughs> right. And promoting the village. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I am the advocate of my village at the same time. So it's like let me be that person for you, but let me also advocate for the village existing for everyone. Right. If that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I know it's still a little bit conceptual. It's a new thing that you're starting and and putting your time and energy and expertise and knowledge into. So I wanted to talk about how we met because Mm -hmm. sort of brings the also different points of advocacy into this as well, because you were the winner. So I donated a private class or like come to a a yoga series or something to Resolve New England for their footsteps to family building walk. And you, Lauren, were the winner of that prize for raising the most money. Um, Right? Right. Most donations. Yeah, it was one of the fundraising prizes. I wasn't the top, but I was okay. close, I think. You remember how much money you made? Or you you gathered? I, I don't. I know it was it was over a thousand dollars. Okay. Something like that. I don't know if that was the the criteria to win your prize, maybe. <laughs> I have no idea. I just say yes, I will donate. And then right. I get an email saying so and so won your prize. I have no idea what for. Um yeah. 
So then you came to one of my series, I believe. And had you done yoga before? Yes, I've done a lot of yoga. Never fertility yoga. And it was such a, like a pivotal time to be introduced to Resolve New England and to you because I was toying with the notion of trying again to have a, a second child, but knowing the journey it took to my first, um, yeah, I was hesitant to go through that all again, not, not knowing, of course, it's not a guarantee treatment is, as great as it can be, um, and I didn't have the community that I have now the first time around. I didn't know about Resolve. I didn't know about you. I was just by myself you know, and with my partner, of course, trying to navigate all of this, you know, difficulty. And, I, you know, when my son was about 15 months old, I was like, I'm ready to give back to this community. I'm ready to kind of claim this part of my story. I want to help other people other individuals and families on this journey. And that's how I got involved in fundraising for the Resolve Walk. And then, you know, I knew I wanted to get in the headspace to try IVF again. And that's when I, I joined your, your series. And it was like, oh, yes, this is what I need. <laughs> this is who I need to help me, you know, ground into this and, and take care of my body and my mind because it's so important. Mm -hmm. And one thing I love about the fertility yoga classes is we do also film or create a little, a little village of our own, right? This little <laughs> community where we can pass ideas on or like just support each other even if you're just sending a little heart right in the emoji thing when someone tells their slightly heartbreaking stories um and that's one of the things I love so much and I always remember you were always very willing to like speak and and share which is huge because it you know if nobody wants to talk then it's really hard to pull information out of them so I appreciate that so much from you yeah. Well, I just I was so struck by your ability to create the space, not just for us to move our bodies, but to be supportive of each other emotionally and to create that community that's so much, so much bigger than you could ever imagine, you know, when you feel alone and you feel, you know, hopeless and like everything is, is going wrong. And then you get to be in community, even virtually, it's just so powerful to sit there and introduce yourself and hear other people and feel like, okay, we have each other's backs and now Carrie's going to guide us in this beautiful class and like the visuals and the movement just, I feel like made all the difference for me. <laughs> so like doing that with other people, it just, it just felt so great. Yeah. I love teaching fertility yoga. I love bringing everybody together and providing that space for people to connect and feel heard or feel seen, feel heard, um, right. that they're not alone, that because it's such an isolating experience, especially because we keep everything so close to the chest as we're going through it. And I also like the idea of normalizing talking about it in yes. like to safe people, right? It helps right. us create the vocabulary. It helps us to figure out the emotions that are behind it when um we're connecting and talking about it so yay yeah. fertility yoga yay 
Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I tell people all the time, like there were so many different pillars for me of difference makers. I think the second time around with, mm. you know, Harry and real body yoga being a major one, you know, it's, there's so many things you need for support to survive this experience. I think, you yeah. know, certainly, you know, therapy and getting that support professionally is huge. But then being in community, whether that's in support groups and or in fertility yoga, finding your people as Resolve New England says is so crucial. And I think was the biggest difference maker for me this time around when arguably it was more difficult from a treatment perspective. Right. So, yeah. yeah tell us a little bit then about you're involved with Resolve New England, who, of course, I love and have supported for years, and they've been a huge supporter of what I do. So shout out to Kate, Emily, and everybody out there, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> I should get them on. I want to have them on the podcast, too. And just. Oh, yes. Because And, you know, they do a great amount of advocacy work, which we'll get into as well. But the the group classes, or no, they're not even classes, like the group Support groups, yes. Support groups, thank you. Yes. <laughs> support groups that they have. I think I read now they have like 20 something. There are so over 20 groups, yeah. And they're all free, right? They're all free. They're all virtual. And you yeah. don't have to be from New England even to join, do you? No, no. That's, I guess, you know, one of the silver linings, if we can say that, of the pandemic is... Yeah everything went virtual, which allowed anyone to join, not just from New England. So we, we definitely have attendees from all over. Yeah, that's super great. Cool. And then which, which group do you lead? So I, I co-lead the expecting after infertility and or loss group. Mm -hmm. And we're also, I also lead occasionally the parenting after as well. Yeah. And there's so many great group like there's for if you're listening and it's there's one for donor eggs there's people yes. contemplating donor egg surrogacy right there's, there's a group for men mm -hmm. right? yes Just one or multiple there ones. Is, there's one um for men and there's mm -hmm. also a new group for military families oh cool. which is huge yeah. so really there, any family building topic you can think of is covered and there's a group for it. So everybody, so uh, Resolve New England is, what's the, what, is it ResolveNewEngland.com or is it RNE now? I can't, I don't know. I think it's yes, Resolve. Yes, it is Resolve New England. I'll put the show, no, links in the show notes for those if anybody's interested, because they're free and they're great. And yes. I know many of the leaders and some of them are in my classes, mm -hmm. <laughs> have been in my classes or who I've worked with um, in collaboration on multiple projects. So Okay, so let's talk a little bit about advocacy, because at the time of this recording, two days ago, mm. Obama had this horrible, in my opinion, um, ruling on, oh gosh, the, which is affecting IVF already in the state. The IVF places are shutting down, clinics are shutting down, people aren't offering care, um, that basically there was an accident or something some embryos were being unfrozen and they fell on the floor and then somebody sued them. I almost feel like it was intentional. This is me. This is my conspiracy. I, I feel like there is a random able to get in there 
and right. open this, do this, drop it on the floor, and then conveniently sue them to stop this IVF treatment. I mean, I do you think am I being unreasonable here? I don't think so. I mean, it just, and certainly being fertility patients, you and I have a better understanding of maybe than others about the amount of security in a fertility clinic yeah. and how difficult it is to gain access to even where embryos are stored. You know, the cryo tanks themselves, like the levels of security are intense for a reason. <laughs> so, you know, how did someone just waltz in and destroy embryos? It, yeah. it feels, un, you know, very unrealistic in it. Of course, when you f you're angry and you feel powerless and you see all these rights being taken away, it's like, oh, this this has to be intentional. Who who set this up for us yeah. all to fail? You know this. Yeah, and I remember when Roe v. Wade got overturned, and I remember many of the IVF doctors they around the country joined forces and created a group, and I can't remember the name. Like um, doctors for fertility, doctors for fertility. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And they were saying, this is next people. This is coming. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. And I don't know if we completely ignored it, but pardon me. was like, there is no way that right. this happened. As I said, there's no way they would turn over Roe v. Wade. There's no way, you know, that like all these horrible things things that have been happening are happening and to me like it's so I get really fired up I get so angry I'm probably gonna swear a ton <laughs> I get angry because I feel like this is just like an extent oh so many reasons extension of the patriarchy and control over women 100%. I feel mm -hmm. like it's also which also stems from the patriarchy but this like, uh, have you heard of the Nirvana fallacy? Like this idea, like a perfectionist. So there's this small group of politicians who have this utopic, like, this is what it is. Like every, like, or, you know, the child is a child from that moment of conception. Like that's their thing. And now they will go to the ends of the earth for right. their idea of perfect. And like we've lost right. this capability to be like fluid talk it out uh figure out some compromises and like have like people choose for themselves because oh, i'm going for it because there's so many like crazy asshats making medical decisions who are politicians who don't know their fucking nose from their ass like they really have no idea about any of them at like it's it is embarrassing it is embarrassing and i'm not even i i'm canadian <laughs> Who lives in America? So I'm like embarrassed for America. Um, oh my gosh! Sorry, I just laid that down on you. What do you think? Oh, it's, you know, so so many valid points. So many, you know, there's just so much to be shocked and fearful about because of this. And I, yeah, that for so many reasons. And you know, I guess from like a political legal standpoint, what what really sticks out to me is the actual citing of scripture in this ruling by the Alabama Supreme Court, which is just bananas to say the least, because we are supposed to have a separation of church and state. Yes. And yet we have this chokehold on American politics because of evangelical Christians who are so radicalized in their views that they are forcing it on our entire population. 
And that's, that's not what this country is supposed to stand for. <laughs> so. and, yeah, And also I feel also, I know many Christian people who are the most, like it's giving Christianity a horrible name as well. Like, right. I mean, right. I feel like there's so many amazing like Christian values and I'm not, I did not grow up Christian. It's just as an outsider. Um, right. And like people who are truly Christian, I believe who like, or get it are like kind loving humans that the evangelical yeah like it's just it's getting like they're just ruining everything that's (laughs) yeah like there's just it's so you know have have your religion and, and live your life how you want to but you you cannot make decisions for other people based on your own beliefs yes and you know that's what's so upsetting is you know I I saw someone this week kind of equated to what if we were passing laws based on astrology and if you don't believe in astrology do that you know it's like like you're not allowed to go outside today because there's a lunar eclipse happening don't go to work if you go to work you're gonna go to jail (laughs) right it's like that sounds so outrageous even for someone who loves astrology like me I like a little woo with my science as you and I have talked about but It's like, why is it acceptable with some beliefs and not others? Yeah. So that's, you know, that's one side of it. Um, But then, you know, we think about the the patriarchy lens and control and, you know, how we like, you know, minorities are being, you know, their rights are being threatened, taken away. And it's not just women, of course, it's people of color, it's people of uh, sexual orientations that are not acceptable to these um decision makers to these white men says you know straight white men (laughs) that are in power yeah you know they are targeting the vulnerable because they can be successful right like we are already exhausted we're already grieving we're already struggling to you know get by in this world that isn't designed for us to succeed and so it's hard for us to fight back right isn't that convenient? <laughs> you know? And this well, is why. Keep, yeah. And I, I was actually having this conversation a little earlier. We have come a long way. And then really we haven't. And it hasn't been happening for so long as far as like rights for women. Right. Like right. credit cards. You can't get your own credit card to like the end of the 70s or 80s or whatever. Or like buy a house without your husband's signature like because women were frivolous with their money and like they didn't work and they had not their own money things like Mm -hmm. that stigmas that are attached to it um but i'm i'm gen x right i was born in the 70s yeah so i reflecting like this roe v wade happened and so on i was like i'm the first i'm like the only generation Mm -hmm. that has had for all of my like trying to reproduce years or trying not to, or just whatever, my whole like sort of yeah. reproductive stage, right. I had freedoms. Right. I didn't even think about it. Didn't even cross my mind that I wouldn't have them or that if need be that I couldn't get an abortion or that if I wanted support with 
birth control or going to my doctor to get the morning after pill. Like it didn't even cross my mind that that would never even be an option. So right. now we're facing this newer generation, generations of folks who right in the middle of their fertility building years of building families are now like you're fighting for your fertility and like you're also fighting for your rights right and it's so messed up and my my head explodes when I think about it yeah right it's it's the idea that you know women's rights aren't human rights and, and healthcare is a human right and women's healthcare matters and so much of our healthcare is tied to reproduction whether we're trying to conceive or not and, and we don't have body autonomy anymore yeah the agency the agency like, right Who's, who's making decisions for my body and right. horrifying. And if anybody's listening, who's living in these states, Alabama, I think Mississippi has a case coming up and South mm-hmm. Carolina, like they're on the docket. They're right. coming up and they're coming after IVF and oh my gosh, just reach out if you need support. I'll send you something somewhere. And yes, there's, I, there's a lot that we can do. <laughs> Yeah, tell us what can yeah. we do? Like if you're like me, I'm pissed off, I'm angry, right. I'm frustrated, I'm passionate about this. Right. It's, what can I do? What can I do? It's yeah, it's been a tough week and it's it's going to be a tough year. This is, you know, a critical election year in our country and we have, you know, to really take this seriously because a lot of people didn't take reproductive rights seriously in previous elections and and this these are the consequences that we're dealing with and so when we think about okay i'm angry i'm sad i'm hurt i'm scared what can i do you know i think the first thing is to just kind of assess your own mental state <laughs> and what capacity you have because it, it is a lot to hold especially if you've been personally affected by infertility or a pregnancy loss or anything traumatic like this um you're going to be supercharged about it and so you know you may just need to take a beat and that's okay <laughs> right but that, that it, was my instagram post when roe v wade I was like no words taking a moment and like i went off instagram for weeks because i just like I don't know what to say. I just don't have the words right now. I'm just so devastated on so many levels. And it yeah. can be it can be traumatizing and re-traumatizing to be subjecting yourself to all of this intensity online. And so figure out what your strengths are and what capacity you have, what bandwidth you have to contribute. And, and you have value no matter what that is. If you're a behind the scenes person or out in the forefront um, there's a place for you if you want to make a difference. And it could just be quietly donating to a nonprofit supporting reproductive rights. It could be writing letters, postcards, calling your reps. All of these things are important. You don't have to be on a soapbox recording yourself on social media unless you want to. Podcast. <laughs> podcast, but you know, there are, I think when we feel helpless as well, it feels like this this can't be helped. There's nothing we can do. It's a devastating outcome no matter what. But it helps me to remember there are so many people fighting for our rights. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of organizations. There are plenty of, you know, as Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. <laughs> there are helpers everywhere. And, you know, the key ones I think for this would be um, the National Resolve Organization 
they are in partnership with the American Society of Reproductive um, Medicine. Those two have a federal advocacy day coming up in May. And so registering for that is a way to take action. It's a virtual event. If you, you know, I'm signed up as an advocate, I will be assigned to the Massachusetts, you know, delegation, if you will. And that's, that's a way to get involved. Um, And then of course, Resolve New England here has their own advocacy efforts as well. Of course, they partner with the, the Resolve organization nationally. And you mentioned Doctors for Fertility, um, you know, following them, following the ASRM and the Resolve orgs is a great way to just stay up to date about what you can do to take action, you know, large or small. Yeah, again, going back to finding your people, finding your community, you know, in the support group I led last night, we talked about Alabama because it was all in our hearts, all in our minds, and we all could relate to each other in our journey to pregnancy and, and parenting. It's just, it's important to be around people who get it and be able to, you know, vent in a safe space. Yeah. And, and it's then of course, grueling too, because it's like, I don't know, like pro-life and like of the senator or the governor, which Tuberville, mm-hmm. whatever his name is, was like, we need more kids. We need more kids. Like that was his thing about it. And then you're just yeah. like, dude, <laughs> we're not even dude. <laughs> like, crazy right. old man. listen, <laughs> these people are trying to have babies so hard. They're using IVF. And now you're actually stopping people from having children. That right. Like it's so, it's so ass backwards. I don't get how people think anymore. I don't, well, not everybody, but some people. Yeah. These are the people making decisions about our lives and they, and they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know the impact of their decisions or they do. And it's intentional either way. It's hurtful and unfair. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think what gets me is, you know, they're not of course consulting with medical experts to IVF doctors to know that like all embryos, Un- Which is the point, right? They don't actually <laughs> want to understand. They just they want to to restrict choices and yeah. and autonomy. And so, like when control is the intent, this is this is what you get. So, probably the most important thing you can do if you care very much about you know reproductive rights, reproductive freedom, is make sure you are registered to vote and mm-hmm. vote in your best interests and and make and sure locally too i locally. think people forget to vote locally because i and like when you become a parent like school boards those things matter like yes. voting for the people who you want controlling the schools or you'll end up like florida with book banning and there are organizations i sound like a conspiracy theory theory person again but it's like there are organizations quietly working in the background specifically trying to put Mm -hmm. radical people on school boards or like in these like smaller positions that um no one's really paying attention to and I think that's what's been happening for years and we're feeling the effects of it now like all these like really extreme views you know now there's just like there's more Mm-hmm. And they're all in power all of a sudden. And the only thing we can do is vote to get them right. out. And yes, 
yeah, make, make sure who, you know, the candidates you're voting for are candidates that, you know, are, are going to put their money where their mouth is and actually restore and protect these freedoms. And if they don't put on their little info thing, their view on reproductive rights, I would call their office and ask them. Yes. Yes. You know, especially. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Right. I mean, it's, it's not like politicians or, you know, candidates can dance around this topic anymore because Roe has fallen because these legislations against IVF are happening and it's going to be a domino effect all year in these red states now that Alabama's happened. You know, they're almost in competition with each other to have the most extreme laws. You know, what are we going to see between now and November with the presidential election? You know, it's it's all very relevant and we need to make it relevant. Mm. So nobody clear about their position you know yeah be clear let us know and i what a, the one thing I, I i really dislike is when politicians say that like my personal beliefs are like i'm totally pro-life i think abortion is bad but this is precedent and i wouldn't change this or like i would leave it up to the person and then they just turn around and like totally right, right. So i hate that i hate it so much right um, so here's a question, and do you know this? I think I know a lot of my students and participants live more like in New England or on the West Coast, where like reproductive rights are fairly um, protected. Right. And I guess sometimes I know I do because I fall into this too. Like, we're not in Alabama and we're not in Mississippi and South Carolina and right. So would my voice matter if I spoke up? Because what control do I have over Mississippi? Like, can I write the governor and be like, dude, like I live in Washington, but what you're doing is just horrific or whatever political way I would want to say that. You certainly can, yes. And I think in ways, you know, in states like ours, we can, you know, kind of implore our representatives to create federal legislation or to support bills that are already in existence to protect mm-hmm. reproductive freedom. So it's like, you know, asking them, what are you doing on a federal level to protect these rights? Right. You know, that's we a good may, point. This is what they need to be actively showing their constituents is that you know these rights may be sound on a state level today but that's not going to matter in january you know if the election goes to to trump let's just say it they have project 2025 this is public they are what's project 2025 project 2025 is oh, sorry. am I going to get all worked up again? Yes, it basically <laughs> it's the federal abortion ban that is planned mm-hmm. along with IVF, contraception, etc. Nobody it's, can see my face sorry. right now, but my eyeballs are popping out of my head. Like I've heard about the, the like federal abortion ban, but right, oh, it's, there will be no safe states. That's if, fucked up, and that is what is we really need to get serious about that because yeah. you could live in a blue state today but if these laws take effect federally 
my representatives and say, what are you doing on a federal level? I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. And then we have this, um, well, I mean, let's just say it, Biden's old. Um, right. So people are scared to vote for him. Like, it just seems like, and then like how you can have like a convicted criminal run for president or even possibly be in jail and still be the president is mind-blowing to me. And as an outsider being Canadian, but also if anybody's listening who's not from Mm -hmm. the States and is going like, this is like the clown show. Like, I feel like it really is. It is. (laughs) Right. I mean, we, you know, both, we don't even know. Trump is the presumed candidate, right? There's no one else really coming close to the support that he has somehow. But, you know, they're they're both old. However, only one of them has pledged to, you know, destroy reproductive rights. But so was Biden so old. But so is Trump. Like, he's old, too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Biden is speaking out against this ruling in Alabama and has, you know, pledged to restore Roe or, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, I don't care how old anybody is. It's just like, how can we, like, do I agree with, and, it, and you know, it's not only the president, right? It's like the legislators, it's everybody else, like, yeah. doing their job and, right feel like yeah there's there's so much extremism now it's so hard right it's so hard it's so polarizing on so many levels yes Yes. oh goodness yes find your people find your people find Find your helpers (laughs) and yeah like just those really simple ways like if you have the means to donate just even like five bucks or ten bucks to some to a couple places um fight for reproductive rights and yeah just supporting any way you can and I think even just talking about it people don't like talking about it because it's like Mm -hmm. the a word abortion or IVF or fertility and right sensitive it's a sensitive topic for so many people on so many levels but if we talk about it all these quiet takeover is happening and yeah Right. And that, that's where, you know, increasing awareness and education is important because even if certain lawmakers don't care about educating themselves <laughs> on the facts, if, mm-hmm. you know, constituents are educated and then vote accordingly, that makes a difference. Yeah. So that, that's why it's important for people to understand abortion is healthcare for these reasons. These are the people that need access to abortion as part of healthcare. Exactly. Yeah. Pregnancies don't go to plan a lot of the time. No. Right. Like it's just like this is it. Life starts at conception and that's it. And there's it's like black and white and there's no level of gray. And life is gray. Like that is it. There's always it depends. And in certain situations, so if you cut out or ban something a hundred percent or completely, right. It's really messing with people and just controlling people right, right. Mm. yeah and you know people want to argue about you know nuances or weeks or what what what's acceptable and what isn't and what is life and what's not but at the end of the day that that could matter and it should matter but what needs to matter the most is bodily autonomy 
yeah. it doesn't matter what your your views are of of life like you mm-hmm. can't control the decisions that I make with my body mm-hmm. so you know if you don't have that you don't have human rights you know yeah, exactly yeah oh my gosh okay I'm worked up. I need to go like go for a run and shake all this energy out of me. So, um, but, um, so thanks for sharing that and all your wisdom about how to advocate for reproductive rights in this country. And sorry, I swore so much, but all right. So thank you, Lauren. Thank you for having me, Carrie. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Fringe Fertility. Remember to hit the follow button so you know when the next episode drops. Likes are also appreciated as this will allow others to be able to find the podcast and find more support on their fertility journeys. Thanks to you for your support and I look forward to sharing more Fringe Fertility episodes with you in the future.